and I find myself eating with pigs and I wake up and I'm eating with pigs and I think and I remember my father. I remember the great, beautiful rolling hills, the great mansion, the generosity, the, all the people that work for him. And I, and I think maybe I can go back and maybe he will take me in as a day laborer because I'm not worthy to be his daughter, but maybe I can work for him. This will be better than eating with pigs. And this is me as I decide to go to AA. Well, hello, friends of Bill W. and other friends. You have landed on Sober Speak. My name is John M. I am an alcoholic, and we are glad you are all here, especially newcomers. Newcomers, that is, both to recovery as a whole and newcomers to this podcast. Sober Speak is a podcast about recovery centered around the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. My job here on Sober Speak is simple. My job is to provide a platform to the amazing stories of recovery all around us. Consider Sober Speak, if you will, your meeting between meetings. Please remember, we do not speak for AA or any 12 step community. We represent only ourselves. We are here to share our experience, strength, and hope with those who wish to come along for the ride. Take what you want and leave the rest at the curb for the trash man to pick up. Tally ho, chaps and chapettes. That was the voice of Ms. Julia Kay that you heard at the beginning of this episode. She is from Berlin, Germany, and she is on this number, episode number 172 of Sober Speak, and you are going to hear so much more from her in just a moment. But, by the way, before I get into first things first, tally-ho is a word that my friend Barry from across the pond signs off on with some of his emails sometimes and so I thought I would I just I just like the word I don't really think it even applies here to a greeting on an episode I think it has something to do with foxes and fox hunts and stuff like that like I said and it could be more of a sign off as opposed to a greeting but as usual I digress I just wanted to use the word forgive me <laughs> first things first this episode is brought to you by Kim and Bill and Todd and Terry and Kurt and Mark and nomadic nymph I just read them, folks. Anyway, do you know what Kim and Bill and Todd and Terry and Kurt and Mark and Nomadic Nymph did? Well, they went to our website, Soberspeak.com. They clicked on the little PayPal tab and they made a contribution. Thank you so much, Kim and Bill and Todd and Terry and Kurt and Mark and Nomadic Nymph. This episode is coming right out to you. I, John M., will be the chairperson for this meeting between meetings, and I do point this out every once in a while. Have you ever noticed that I am always the chairperson for this (laughs) meeting between meetings? (laughs) Maybe someday we'll get another chairperson in here. I don't know. And you know, I have thought before, you know, if I croak, 
accidentally. I don't I don't know if there's anybody who would know how to come in here and do this and, you know, kind of take it over and or I don't know, even just come on here and say, hey, listen, we're going to have no more uh, uh, episodes from John M. because he just croaked, something like that. Uh, I hope you would be sad for a day or two, but then, you know, as usual, you would go on with your life. But nonetheless, I digress one more time. I, John M., will be the chairperson for this meeting between meetings, and I am truly honored and privileged to serve all of you listening in. So take a seat, if you will, around this virtual table, and let's get started. Consider this podcast, if you will, a non-social distancing podcast. In other words, we do not expect you when listening to our episodes to stand six feet apart from us. You can get those earbuds right up next to your ears and listen on in. So we are the COVID-friendly podcast. (laughs) Is that such a thing? I have no idea what I'm talking about. But as a side note, I want to also point this out. Keep in mind that you do not, and this is on a serious note, you do not have to social distance from your higher power. As it says in the big book, we drew near to him and he disclosed himself to us. And I I may be a word or two off on that. I'm not looking at my book right now, but let me say that again. We drew near to him our higher power, and he disclosed himself to us. That's in the big book. So wherever you are today, I pray that you can take time to pause and draw near to him. Maybe now's the time. Maybe you pause this episode, draw near to him. Um, anyway, that was just on my mind, and I felt like sharing that. So what's going on in your world, John M.? Well, I'm glad you asked there, uh, Sober Speak listeners. So I was thinking about this. Tonight, I'm going to, uh, in fact, he doesn't even know this yet, but I'm going to take my son out for a little bit of a uh, alone time. Uh, he could come in while I'm recording this, and we may have a discussion about it. But nonetheless, I'm going to take him out for a little one-on-one time. And one of the places that he likes is... Shake Shack. And it made me think about this. We had his birthday a couple weeks ago and we went down to Shake Shack and we got him his favorite meal. He likes to get a bacon cheeseburger, a couple of them, some fries, and then they have a, a shake there where you, uh, I forget what it's called, but they mix both chocolate and and vanilla. I think they call it a black and white shake or something like that. But nonetheless, he likes all that stuff. And we got it back home and we were about to sit down and have a family birthday. And moi decided, you know what? I don't want to put this on paper plates, and I don't want to put it on anything. You know what we're going to do? We are going to grab, or I am going to grab, the finest china that we have in the house. We usually reserve this for like Thanksgiving and Christmas, but I thought, what better occasion would there be than for us to whip out the finest china we have in the home 
and eat on my son's birthday. So we got the china out. And by the way, the people, the reason we don't like to use the china usually is because you can't put it in the dishwasher, right? You got to wash it by hand. But we went ahead. Um, I got it out. We put our little burgers and fries and ketchup and all that stuff on the on the uh, the plates, and we ate it, and we just enjoyed our meal together. So. Anyway, I don't know why. I just wanted to share that. Uh, it's a, a, I, I think it'll be a memory that lasts in our family history, and I don't think that's the last time I'm going to do that. And I, Ma, volunteered, and I don't like to do this, by the way. I volunteered to wash all those dishes by hand. It was worth it for my son, right? You know what I'm saying. Here's a little bit of listener feedback that I wanted to put on the front end of this, because believe me, we're going to have plenty of listener feedback on the back end. Uh, So nonetheless, Trudy writes in, she says, hello, John, my name is Trudy, 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 Trudy. You know how you have uh, the Cary Grant impersonations, but nonetheless, my name is Trudy, and I just wanted to say how much I enjoy your podcast. I found your podcast about a year ago. I just celebrated my two years on December 30th. Well, congratulations to you, Trudy. That is absolutely fantastic. She says, my home group is the Circle of Hope group in Fruit Heights, Utah. This is just north of Salt Lake City. Well, I didn't even know they had alcoholics in Utah. (laughs) She says, I have a sponsor that is just about to celebrate her 40 years of sobriety in AA. Well, congratulations to you and your sponsor, Trudy. She says, I absolutely love the program of AA. I have had the blessing of being able to sponsor other women. And then she's got a big heart emoji. She says, your guests, John, are so interesting, have great experience, strength, and hope to share. Don't ever lose your giggle. (laughs) I guess, you know, I think some other people would... uh uh, argue with you on that or disagree with you on that. But anyway, and your bilingual skills. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for for uh, encouraging me there, Miss Trudy. She says, I am an Irish Catholic girl, so alcoholism came easy to me. Also, I would love to be added to your SSFBG, super secret Facebook group. Thank you for your service, Trudy F. Well, I'm sure you know this, Trudy. I got you out the invite to that group, and uh, we look forward to having you as part of that. And by the way, if you are listening to this, maybe for the first time, and you think to yourself, self, how in the heck would moi get into that super secret Facebook group Trudy references there? Well, let me let me fill you in here. What you would do is you would send me your email that is associated with Ewan's uh, Facebook account. You would send that email to John, J-O-H-N, at Soberspeak.com, and moi will get you a invite out. Uh, uh, we, we love having new people in there. I'm going to uh, announce this one more time, but if you're in the super secret Facebook group, you will notice we actually have it pinned to the top of the, uh, as an announcement, there is uh, somebody who's been on the program before. When I say on the program, she recorded an episode with me. Her name is Megan P. She has a free recovery yoga 
class that she puts on via Zoom on Sunday night from 4 o'clock p.m. to 5 o'clock p.m. Central. And this is open to, you don't have to be a member of AA. It's open to anyone struggling with addiction or any kind of affected or, or if they're affected by addiction. So you can come in, anybody can join that. And what it is, uh, and I I said this incorrectly last week, it's, it's a half meeting on the front end, but it's not an AA meeting. It's a, it's a recovery meeting, right? With the general topic people share. If you've never been to a meeting before, you can kind of come in and see how that rolls. I come to it on a consistent basis. So you have a half meeting. Then on the second half of the meeting, on the back half, uh, Megan or somebody else does a little yoga and meditation time. And like I said, it's free. Uh, It's just, it's open to anybody. But if you're in the Super Secret Facebook group, the the Zoom information and the password and all that stuff is in there. Uh, if you're not in there, if you're not on Facebook and you still want the information, just email me at john at soberspeak.com and I will get you that information out. All right. Now, on to our main event. This is Ms. Julia K. from Berlin, Germany. You folks are going to absolutely eat this up. I had no idea what to expect when I interviewed her. I love her, uh, her, Julia's enthusiasm for life and for Alcoholics Anonymous, her great energy. I, I love that she learned to speak English in Alcoholics Anonymous. And Julia is kind of like a, uh, you know how we have, jo- well, many of you are going to know the name here, Joe and Charlie in the United States and what they've done with the big book comes alive and all that kind of stuff. What, what Julia is the is a version, if you will, of Joe and Charlie in Berlin, in Germany. And she does absolutely a fantastic job. We talk about her being a single mom in AA, anorexia, we talk about sleeping disorders, Valium, diet pills, depression, bulimia, family, a priest she met on the plane, and much more. And if that's not enough, Julia explains what she means by the term, quote, more slut. <laughs> Unquote. You'll have to stay tuned uh, toward the end of the episode. All right, everybody, really on this one, buckle up your seats. Buckle buckle up in your seats. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. And we will, uh, believe me, we have plenty. Oh, if you like listener feedback, you're going to love the end of this episode. We've got a ton of it. Anyway, enjoy Julia Kay, and I'll speak to you a little bit more on the back end of this. Okay, everybody. So today, we are very fortunate to be sitting here with Miss Julia Kay. And I can see you laughing, Julia. <laughs> I've I've heard you give a talk before, and I know you have a heck of an enthusiasm for this program, and you had the biggest, brightest smile. <laughs> so, Julia, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, if you would, uh, and give your sobriety date, if you will, and also tell people where you are uh, sitting at this moment in time. Yes, with great pleasure. Hello, John, and hello, world. My name is Julia, and I'm an alcoholic from Berlin, Germany, and my sobriety date is September 23rd, 1985. 
meaning that I have 35 years of continued sobriety, nothing uh, from the head up, nothing. And uh, yeah, and I've been, uh, I've been a super enthusiastic AA ever since. I got sober when I was 20. I'm now 55 and uh, AA is, um, AA is, um, you know, God got me sober so I can stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. And this is what's happening in my life one day at a time. It's getting better and bigger as, uh, as time passes and uh, all my, all the promises keep coming, tr coming, uh, yeah, keep, keep, how to say, they come true. They get, yeah, is that what you say? Yes. So I'm here, and I got sober in Paris, in uh, English speaking, in the English speaking fellowship. Uh, it was a very good little working group back back then. Still the same group today. Um, a typical expat group uh, that welcomed me, little French German girl. I went to AA to learn English. That was my goal. I wasn't an alcoholic. Nobody can possibly be an alcoholic with twenty. And uh, so, uh, and the lady, the French lady at the Rue Frédéric Sauton at the um, at the central French central office was very kind to me, and she never. She, I said, I want to go to AA because my father's an alcoholic, and she said yes. And I said, I'm not an alcoholic, and she said yes. And I said, I um, I want to go to English speaking meetings because I want to learn English, and she said yes. She was wonderful. She was very old, and she looked probably she's probably as old as I am now, but in my eyes she was super old. But she was very kind, as we in Alcoholics Anonymous are, and she spoke the language of the heart, and this is us we speak the language of the heart that an older lady can have can have the love for a little young puppy like i was a uh, uh, a girl that barely had uh threads of her soul left that enters a room and she never judged me and if she did she hit it very well but i don't think she did and she never had an opinion on me. Her only thing was this, this, this girl is here for a reason and I'm going to get her to where she needs to go. And um, so she was one of my many, many little angels that loved me uh, into life. And, um, and I went to um, Cathedral Notre Dame, which was across the River Seine. And I sat in the little garden from the cathedral, and she had given me English-speaking pamphlets, which I thought was very nice of her, and an English-speaking meeting list. She, she, uh, she, she, and um, which was good, you know, because I'll come back to the ex to the to the local language later to this very very difficult issue, and also very hopeful issue. But I I read the pamphlets and. They had a way of speaking to me that went directly to my heart. And nobody had talked to me in, in writing. Nobody had talked to me like this ever. And I read this, I said, and I, would, I thought to myself, this must be these crazy Americans. And, um, and then I, I took the test because there was a test. And since I wasn't an alcoholic, I was not afraid of the test. And I was easy to be honest because I was certainly not going to score alcoholism with 20 as talented and as as brilliant and as sexy. I didn't think I was beautiful, but at least I could be sexy as I thought of myself to be. And so I was honest. <laughs> and to my great surprise, I scored incredibly well. And mm -hmm. I, and it said, if you answered yes to more than three questions, the threshold is very low. So if you answer more than 
yes to more than three questions, you there are great chances that you're an alcoholic, you are an alcoholic, and you should go to a meeting. And this was the first suggestion that I followed, because it said I could go to meeting, and I was crying in that uh, garden, very dramatic behind the Notre Dame Church, you know, the big Victor Hugo Church, and where the hunchback lived, and um, and I I said, okay, I'm I'm an alcoholic. I have a ticket. And uh, I went with that ticket a lot because I was convinced that you guys were going to tell me, you're not an alcoholic, not possibly. You're so young and you're so sexy and you're so talented. You couldn't possibly be an alcoholic. And, but I had my ticket. And, I, and uh, I understood the traditions really fast. I understood that you couldn't throw me out. I knew that. I understood because I read the traditions and I understood, you know, the traditions are so important for the newcomer. So I got, uh, yeah, so that was a long winded introduction. And now I let you interrupt me magnanimously. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, so you actually did learn, did you learn to speak English in alcoholic school? Yes. I, I, um, I learned English at school. Um, the school English. I, I was I was a very good English speaker when I was drunk. You know, we are we are awesome when we're dr when we're drinking. And I love to speak foreign languages when drinking. And I was very good at speaking English. I remember uh, there was a family a family reunion of mine with a huge family, and we had big family reunions in castles in Germany because one of the uncles was quite rich. So we would have this big castle. And I remember. Coming back from a trip, and I had read Time magazine because I'm such a good English-speaking uh, person, and it was there was a Time magazine issue on herpes, and I'd read the whole issue, and I remember that the whole night there were like 90 people. I have a loud voice. I'm an actress, and I, I was a 14, 15-year-old kid, and the whole night I explained to the whole company uh, what herpes was and how to get it and how not to get it. <laughs> And uh, ever since, my reputation with my family has been ruined. And you know what? This is this is this is good because I went to bed. I passed out. My cousin was supposed to sleep in the same room as I did, and he couldn't get in. She had to sleep somewhere else. But ever since, and this is this is important for how miraculous AA is, and how people who are not alcoholics, and also people who. People who don't go to AA, who don't know AA, cannot understand because to this day, my aunts and uncles and cousins and nieces and look at me and they wonder, how can she be so well? How come, they look at my children, my children are super successful, not, not, nothing, I mean, I'm not an achiever, you know, I just let them go, I mean, you know, the, the best is Emmett Fox's prayer is divine intelligence dwells in children, expresses itself through them. You say it once, it's there forever, and children just let him go. They're flying, and they have wings, they have wings, I don't even know where they're flying, this, which is wonderful, which I wish my parents had had this sort of attitudes for me because that would have spared me 30 years of AA and therapy. But, I mean, they're like, they're just gone in worlds where we will never go. And this is the way it should be when you have healthy parents. I'm a healthy parent because I'm a sober parent. I'm super healthy. I'm super healthy as a parent because I learned my lesson and have my, my women watching over me and they tell me when I go wrong. For example, when um, the the the... This little uh, the 
this loser of dad, don't shh, I have to speak lows. When he left me when I was pregnant, pregnant with the second, he was also a an, uh, an, an member of Alcoholics Anonymous. But he left me when I was pregnant, pregnant with the second one, and I, I became what I never wanted to be as a single mom in Alcoholics Anonymous. But I mean, that was that was a jackpot. But I didn't know that. But um, when uh, my my sponsee saw me fighting with my ex in front of my children she immediately took me aside and said you don't do that you never do that you never argue in front of your children and because i'm sober it enough, it's enough that she says it once and i'm not going to do it again yeah mm -hmm. so this is the grace i'm a great parent by default i have a big book study because i do regular big book studies they're like every week 10 20 whoever wants to come can come to my house my children <laughs> are used to it Okay, so let me ask you about yeah, that. Sorry. I'm on an email list of yours now because, yeah. and by the, let, let me go ahead and I just want to real quickly tell people how we met and came across each other. There was a lady who listens to Sober Speak. Her name is or uh, Britt, B-R-I-T-E, and she had seen you speak at a conference i guess that was it's over yeah. a year ago or so now we've been trying to get this uh you know i i i went silent for a while and then and then i picked it back yes. up with you and you were very gracious um so but what was the name of that conference you know what the name of that conference that was, was the the yearly uh norwegian aa conference okay once a year so you were there, you were speaking, and then yes. so somehow I got on your uh, email list, and I noticed that you send them because I was emailing you, yes. and yeah, I noticed that you have big book studies. Tell me about those big book studies, and, and what is it? Is it all at your house? Is it online? It's okay, so this is how I started. My sponsor 35 years ago, Betty Simpson from Phoenix, Arizona, she was a big book lady, and she took us through the big book mildly because Joan Charlie hadn't come on the surface yet, but she took and she knew her stuff, she knew her book. And you know, the big book convinced me, has always convinced me more than any talk from any AA because that is where, this is where we all, this is upon which we all agree. I have it here because I'm currently reviewing the translation for the German big book, which is here. This is my German big book. And, yeah, um, you can't see this, but she's showing me the. Oh, yeah, you don't see it. Oh, yeah, sorry. Anyway, so, um, so I've been doing big book studies all my life. And, um, and of course, then Joe and Charlie came in. You know, they say that Bill wrote the book, and Joe and Charlie explained it. And they, they and now we have um, we have hundreds of such incredible big book studies online uh, from the best. You know, and it's uh, I love to listen to those. And uh, but um, so I but we didn't. So I I was I was traveling in the states five years to 2014, and I went to a little meeting in Florida six o'clock in the morning. My husband is sleeping at the hotel. ever since. When I when we go on holidays, I go to meetings and he goes do whatever he needs to do, and we have great holidays. We used to go to places where there's no AA, and we had terrible holidays because then I needed to argue with him all night. Now I said, let's go to a place where there's lots of meetings. Then I then I can leave you alone, and he's super happy because he sleeps. I go to a meeting at six o'clock, and I come back in a good mood. And if I need, I go to a meeting at ten o'clock when he sleeps, and then we can have whatever normal people want for holidays, which he wants is a nice place to stay, some good food, a nice um, you know, a pool and uh, and some water, and if if we're lucky, some good sex and some good reading. And, um, <laughs> but that wasn't happening when I was going to places because I've only been married. I've only been in a relationship for I, for the uh, for uh, I've been married for um, 
eight years. I've been in a relationship for, for 10 years. But I was uh, the longest single person in Alcoholics Anonymous. So if anybody, you know, whines about being single, they should talk to me because nobody tops 30 years in, no, 25 years in AA and no relationships. I, I had kids before the relationship because God was nice to me. But anyway, so <laughs> anyway, so I go to meeting at six o'clock in the morning in, uh, in this beautiful place. And they're like, for us, it's like a miracle. Like for us Europeans, because our AA is not that big. So they're like, 40 people at six o'clock in the morning going, coming to a meeting before work and beautiful meetings, sunset on the porch is brilliant. And I, and then the meeting ends. I go, I'm, I just go to the bathroom to go to my car and go over. And there's this man sitting with a newcomer. This, I, I heard him share the meeting and he's an old time and he's sitting there with a new guy and he's going through the book and it's the most tender and the most magic atmosphere. And I could just sense the vibe said, Oh man, I need to go do that again when I come back to Germany. So I started this big, big book study where everybody's invited once a week at my house. Anybody wants to come can come um, and um, we'll figure something out. You know, it's like, that's what I love about AA. There's always enough room. And uh, so we always, my husband is a little annoyed, but he's very, very, very nice to me about this. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's your big book study. The, the kids are like, oh, mommy, you're having your Bible study. And because they come. And then we pray together. And then if there's somebody who needs to cry, they cry. And then we do the big book study. And then we pray. And it's like, I mean, the neighbors know, the the the, la the cleaning lady knows. It's like, okay, this is what's happening. But, you know, a lot of uh, the newcomers. And so let me ask about that real quick. How do you, what kind of impression do you believe? And how, how many children do you have? And two. how many have been, two, okay. What kind of impression do you believe that's had on your kids throughout the years do they talk about that oh yeah i mean i mean i got my children that i have sober children so i was 15 years sober when i had my first kid or 13 years so i mean they've grown up where they're like the oldest goes to when there was a time he was like 14 15 and he goes to uh i have a newcomer sitting there and he goes to her i said so do you have a sponsor and i'm like what are you doing? I said, so what step are you on? It's just like, he's just, they're just like, they're, they're brilliant. <laughs> the, 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 the younger one is like this, he's at school and they're going to, so there's like, he's like nine. And the teacher says, we're going to do a special week on addiction. And my, my son goes like, like this, me, 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 me. And she's like, what, do you, what is it, Jack? My mom is an alcoholic. She's a food addict. She's an anorexic. And she swallowed a fork. She can come and talk to us. <laughs> and the teacher calls me a half an hour later. I think, um, I think we have a problem with your son, Jack. I think he's lying. And I said, oh, why would he be lying? I said, oh, he's, you know, we said this addiction. He said you were an alcoholic and a, and a pill addict. And I said, oh. Oh, no no this is all true and we'll gladly come and talk so i round up a few people and we do this so this is you know for them it's like it's like this like or i'm doing a fifth step with a, a sponsee and she sits there and we almost finish and you know when we finish the fifth step we're supposed to say is there anything that you have left out uh, is there anything you you would you know that comes up that you think you should share and she goes like um and my children usually have their headphones, so they don't listen. But they go through the, you know, because we we don't have that much space in the house. So, so um, he's doing something, and uh, and she says, "Oh yeah, I um, you know, I stole some toothpaste at the dentist, some uh, some samples. Uh, do I need to make amends for that?" And he, the little one, he turns around and said, "No, you don't need to make amends for that. That's okay." <laughs> and I'm like, 
and, and I said, he's right, but Jack, no. <laughs> so uh, they're like, man, they're just, they're just, they got it. They okay. So it. I got you off track. You were talking about that big book study. You yeah. said anyone's invited. They can come over. Yeah. So sometimes we were, sometimes we're two, sometimes we're 30 sometimes. And then since Zoom, we've been doing it online. I'm doing a big book study. I've been doing, then it grew. And especially because people had asked me to do German big book studies. Now you have to know that I'm the only person in Germany doing a big book study in German. So last Saturday, I'm happy to announce you that for four hours I do big book study. And it was the chapter to the agnostics. And we had 185 people. Wow. And that grew from 10 people. I was doing it. I started doing it once a month in special location because we said we were getting too big in German. And there, it's, it's, it's just completely, nobody has ever had the big book explained to them in German, expect, except me, who has done it and who's doing it at a scale. I mean, there have been other clusters, but it's just been, it's, um, so this is the, you would, yeah. And so we so do you're it. like the, you're like the German Joe and Charlie, basically. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. And That's it's good. completely, um, I mean, every time people cry, people say, oh, I've never, uh, I mean, people sober 40 years cry and say, I've never, I've never had a God in my life. I've never understood what this was about. I've, I feel like I'm starting my sobriety again. And it's over. And the newcomers, of course, for them, it's brilliant. But the old timers, too. And we're trying to, I mean, I'm trying to do it in a real nice way. So nobody gets to be shamed for not knowing the book. You know, it's like super open. And uh, and we have a posse of people in Berlin. Berlin is the strongest, uh, the strongest sort of, um, the strongest cluster of AA in Germany. And, you know, it's only because of Betty Simpson. I'm not saying it's because of me, but it is. But it's not because of me. It's just because I'm sober and I do the work. So one, my sponsor, the second one I had, it was an army wife because after Germany, I, I after France, I moved to to Karlsruhe. She was an army wife, Laurie, and she was Southern California, very, 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 very hardcore AA. And she was, I mean, I had these two women, and it says in the book, God will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. And I never had the fellowship I craved in Germany, in except in the English speaking meetings, but they're small and expat. And then it happened in Berlin. Uh, ten years ago, a woman I sponsored sponsored another woman, and and it started to grow, and it started to grow, and people started to be incredibly active. And ten years ago, we read in the big book, we said we read the statistics, and at the beginning, in um, in the in the chapter um, in the foreword, it said the the you know the the statistics. The statistics is um, so where are the statistics um, the seventy five percent, yeah. Um, Looking for the first 100 men and women? Um, where was it? By the number? Lara, where's the statistics? Oh, fuck. Uh, no, I'm not supposed to say fuck. Take that back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Sorry. Hey, listen. While you're while you're trying to find that, yeah. I'm going to do what I call a little uh, a metro announcement here. Okay? Yeah, so okay. okay that. That. We will be continuing... <laughs> We will be continuing our rapid-fire conversation with Julia in just a moment. Just a reminder, you are listening to Sober Speak. You can find us on the World Wide Web at www.soberspeak.com. Uh, you can also find the donate button on our website, which you can use if and only if the Spirit moves you to do such. Please keep in mind, this is a podcast funded by you, the 
Listener, Sober Speak is a self-supporting organization through our own contributions. We are not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution. We do not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorse nor oppose any causes. All right, now back to Miss Julia. All right, Julia, so did you find what you were looking for? So on page uh, Roman number 20, of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses. And among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. So today the rate is about 7, 5%, 3%, well, 7 if we're lucky. But we said let's do it 75% in Berlin. Let's just do it. And it's women. Because we just sponsor women. I sponsor women. So we have this incredible group of sober women. It's just, and it's happening. It's 75%. It's 50% in our meetings. Okay. So if somebody is listening to this and I can see somebody doing yeah. that and they're, it's all German speaking, right? Yeah. In Berlin. And they, but you can and, do it anyway. Because we started to, what we did, we go to hospitals where we get the newcomers. The newcomers come to a meeting. They get phone lists and they get sponsors. Not a sign, but, you know, freely. And then you, it's just all this structure that you guys do. But it's it's working. Yeah, and, but can uh, somebody join this via Zoom at this time in... In German, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so and well, how would really. they how would they find that if they're listening to this and they want to and they want to contact um, you? They go. Uh, they have to go on the German website anonymealcoholica.de. It's easy to find, and then they go online meetings and they click on the Berlin Intergroup, and there are the meetings, the Zoom meetings, and we have uh, we have. I mean, we are the first in Berlin in in ten days, like everywhere in every el- everywhere else in America. But we we it took us three days, and every all the meetings were on Zoom. And and now, because for us, it's incredibly important for Germany because the whole of Germany can attend those Berlin meetings. So now when the meetings go um, live again, we we can never close these meetings again mm-hmm. because right. there are too many people who who just got sober. And, 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 and But it's great. It's amazing. So mm-hmm. we are just like, I mean, for us and for AA in Germany, COVID has been so... Uh, such a grace in disguise, um, a gift, because there was this, um, there was an incredible resistance. And I'm shortly explain to you, not too long, because it takes a long time. But the the person who first translated the big book in German was a non-alcoholic German priest who loved AA, but he was non-alcoholic and he didn't get the book. So it was a book that nobody read because it was real. It was religious. And it was, and you know, this guy never had to work the steps. If you have never had to work the steps, then you you can't translate the big book because you don't get how important certain things are and some. And so nobody read it. Uh, and still, there are many people who are forty years sober. They've never read the big book. We said this book doesn't make sense to me. Then there has been a couple of attempts of retranslation, but it, there's never been anybody who's worked the steps according to the book who translated it. I'm now in, fresh in the literature team. It took a long time to get there because there's a lot of resistance. You know, AA is like every structure. It's like, you're not going to come on my turf. And I know, right. you know, like all that stuff. But this is changing. But but um, but then they gave the book, because they realized it was a terrible translation, they gave the book to an outside translator who did whatever they could. But he, he or she translated it like a novel. And it completely softened all the edges of the program. It made it really weird. 
So nobody mm-hmm. wants to work the program according to the big book because it's like really weird. And again, so now we're re- trying to retranslate it. But uh, so now finally, yeah, there's somebody because I speak English and I've done all my, you know, I've got all my schooling in English and I can finally say, okay, this is a mistake in the translation and you have to write something else, but this is what it means and this is what you're supposed to do. So this is, and this, John, I want to say this because it's so important. It's the, is the case in many, many countries where the big book has been translated. Mm. It's an issue faced. This is mm. why there's such a resistance to the program. I was once called by central office by the German central office and and threatened with a court case if I didn't stop my big book studies. Really? Yeah. But that central office has a new director now, and she's a woman, and she's come. She's from Berlin, so that's history. But still, <laughs> you have to imagine being an AA member. Your central office, which you love, calls you and says, we're going to sue you because you're doing big book studies. What, and what was the issue? I mean, what was the genesis of that? Do you know? Um, it's not AA. Um, oh, it was also the logo. You're using the logo on your flyer, which I didn't know because in Germany, the logo isn't free. But in, 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 in um, America, the logo is free. They're free. The, you know, there's no logo anymore in the big books in America. But we still right. have the logo because we paid for it for 10 years. Wow. So, so stuff like that. But it's like, it's like incredible. So anyway, so this is, okay. um, this is the work we do. Okay. Okay. So there's another thing that I wanted to ask yes. you about, which you kind of slid in there a little while ago, but we really didn't talk about it. And that is, you talked about uh, a- a- anorexia, uh, yes. and you talked about you know, uh, an eating disorder. And, and I think that a lot of people would like to know yes. about that. Did that start when you were a kid? Um, so I have, um, I have three siblings i have uh, parents who uh, are, are war children they're both my, my mom was born in 1940 in the middle of the second world war and my dad was 33 he was in the hitler youth and um, they just grew up in a country that was completely destroyed and especially they also suffered hunger post-war post-war the worst my mother used to say and these are people who who didn't have none had were just happy to to live and not talk about bad things anymore so I grew up, and it's very typical for the Germ for Germans. They were very hard people because they had experienced horrible things in that in that small childhood, and they were just not going to talk about d- uncomfortable stuff. So it was the German miracle, economic success, but no feelings. So I grew up as a very um, as a kid, and um, there was I was. I mean, in our children, we starved emotionally, all of the children. But my parents starved too. But that was they were the adults. They, they could have sort of, but they couldn't take care of themselves. So we all starved. And, um, and uh, with eight or seven or five, I developed a sleeping disorder. And really, my whole drinking is the story of my sleeping disorder, my anxiety. I, um, I only, I drank to sleep. <laughs> That's basically what it was. I drank to sleep. And it was happy because I drank every night and I always drank myself to sleep. And that was, and alcohol was my, my, my answer. And it didn't matter how much, because as long as I ended up in sleeping at the end, it was, I was fine. And, um, and then of course, uh, also was the, the age of, um, you know, the, the, the criminal actions of the same company today who's doing this other stupid, stupid drug, but the volume is the same, uh, the, what's this, the oxy, whatever, this horrible drug. Yeah. The same volume was a very hype, very good advertising campaign. So everybody was on volume. And so was my mother, but my mother is not an addict. 
but she was doing her recreational Valium and diet pills. And uh, when I couldn't sleep, she gave me Valium. And she didn't know that I was uh, uh, an, had an addicted personality or an addict, you know, an addictive body. And I was hooked immediately. So I was very early. I was hooked on Valium, and the, the diet pills went came in handy because um, my mom uh, is 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 one of these women that are very common that you're not worth anything unless you're skinny. I mean, my whole, for my mother, if you're not skinny, you have no chance. It's existential to be skinny because if you're not skinny, you don't get a man. If you don't get a man, you starve and you die. Mm. Simple. So skinny above everything. So I grew up with, uh, and then, you know, puberty with a little roundings coming up. And that was the end of my, um, of, uh, so I was a very critical mom, very uh, absent dad. And so I had a very early, I had this food um, issue. I wasn't a big, I wasn't a big kid at all, but I was just rounding up in puberty. And that was it. I uh, I starved myself. I lost uh, my kilos. And I lost, lost my, I didn't have my period anymore. And I gave my parents what they what I thought they wanted which was a kid and not a woman because their projection of sexuality and their projection of what it meant to be a woman and I mean I don't it's just like way too much for them so I saved I spared them the problem I became anorexic but there's a price to pay for anorexia which is deep depression so I discovered uh, binging and throwing up and um, that accentuated the depression because the bulimia makes you more unworthy. Anorexics are so proud. They will die, but they will die proud and skinny. But, um, but bulimics are more dirty. They feel much more dirty. And, um, and alcohol saved my life because hadn't I discovered alcohol, I would have died from this disease because I was very, very, I was so, I was so, in the clutches of the evil of my mother that I wouldn't have gotten out. And alcohol saved my life. Okay, so explain that to me. Uh, how? And by the way, I want to let you know, I so much relate to this. My mom was anorexic. She was bulimic. Oh. Uh, I grew up with that. I oh didn't my God, know yeah. exactly what was going on at the, at the time. And I do remember her saying there was some... Uh, some king or, or excuse me, queen, I think she had quoted and, and the queen said something to the effect of uh, you can never be too rich or too thin. And she took that to heart. Believe me. <laughs> my uh, mom, my mom died recently and, uh, and I'll, t I'll come to that later, but she, she was, she lost a lot of weight before she died because she had cancer. And I said, and the doctors were saying, Miss Kratz, you really would, you need to eat. And she said, why should I eat? I'm finally skinny. I will die skinny. I'm so happy. <laughs> she was like, but she had this soup. She was like, it was absurd, but it was, it was really funny. It was, I mean, <laughs> you got to find me. Um, yeah. Anyway. Right, so, so yeah. Explain to me then how that, how alcoholism saved you somehow from anorexia can yeah because is anorexia truth? is the is the the girl the the well-functioning sweet nice girl it's a nice girl personality the anorexia she's always nice she will always do everything that society asks of her but she will die by doing it she's do her little secret thing with food so it's a matter of control i'm in control of my body and my food so i can just pretend i'm good at school i have good grades i perform well i take care of those younger brothers and siblings i'm i I cook for the whole family, and inside I'm dying. 
and but it's um it's the it's the furthest to go you know it's the furthest away from anger but it's a, it's an anger towards myself it's an unexpressed anger of you know of you know really of of starving emotionally and um and um and when i um uh when i had a spiritual awakening at the hospital because i, I had by accident, I'd swallowed a fork because I'd put the fork so deep in my throat to make myself throw up that I'd swallowed it, and I was in the hospital, and I didn't want to die. I really thought I wanted I wasn't to die. I was I wanted to die, but I really didn't want to die. I, it was just an accident, and and uh, my mom was visiting me, and I and she was really you know in a pitiful and incomprehensible Al-Anon demoralization. And I spotted, I saw that if I'm not if I don't get away from my mother, I will die. I was fourteen. I had the spiritual awakening in the hospital. I was really sick, but I knew that if I don't get away from my mother, I will die from the emotional uh, entanglement. So I got out of the hospital. I had liver damage because I tried to kill myself with alcohol, but I, I couldn't drink for a little while. And then I started to drink. And the alcohol enabled me to become an angry teenager. And with the anger, I could get step out of the aura of my family. And this is what needed to happen or I would have died. Wow. Because I was so loyal emotionally to my mother and I needed to stop being, because adolescence is the time when you stop being loyal to your parents. And for some parents, it's easy. They can let their children go. But for some parents, it's extremely hard to let their children go. And I'm, I had the kind of family where my mother saw herself in her children and she couldn't let go. So, Boy, do I, I can relate to that, Miss Julia. Yeah, I, I yeah. had the same thing with my mother. She just could not let yeah. me go. Yeah. I want to, I've heard you talk before mm-hmm. about a story. Yeah. You called it the prodigal. Oh, daughter. yeah. Yeah. And I love that story. And I think it's a good way to kind of uh, wrap, uh, up wrap it up. Oh, yeah. no, already. Yeah, well, okay, so, right. we, can, we can come back again some other and, time. Of course. So, um, you know, I love this story. I'm not a, I'm not a religious person because, um, because, um, oh, I tell you the story of my thing with, my, we are, we are, we are, um, my family is Protestant. You know, the Germans are, tend to be Protestants and we were in Africa when I was growing up and they were, uh, the French were there and they were all Catholics and, uh, and, uh, it was weird because and we stuck together the, the, the germans stuck a little bit it was a very small community because it was very poor a poor small uh, city where we were and the the Ch- french would go to mass to mass on on sunday uh, and they were our neighbors and then they would gather at this neighbor's place one house further from our house and they had these amazing potlucks and these are our friends because we had same age and we would go over run over because they were all friends, and we were tolerated. The German Protestant kids were only tolerated, and sometimes, often, we were asked to leave because we were told, you are not invited because you're Protestant. And I, when I was a kid, I said, I don't want a God like this. I really do, I really, this is really weird, religion. For me, religion was, for me, religion is for the Catholics. <laughs> it's, that's it. They own it. So I let go. And then there was, um, I was, there was another, because you asked me to talk about that. I, I was still drinking and I was visiting my parents. I was already studying in Paris and I was visiting my parents. We were living in Kenya at the time and we flew Alitalia. And I sat in second class next to um, a Belgian priest because we were going over Rome with Alitalia. He was, he was getting off in Rome and I was flying to Nairobi. And uh, so uh, we, 
we're drinking wine together. I'm still drinking. I'm like 17, 16, 18, I don't know. And we're drinking wine, having a really nice talk, a really nice talk. He's a good man. He's a little big. And we really talk, we talk about God. And it was really interesting. And um, as we got off the plane, because I needed to change plane, and he got off to go to the Vatican, he looked at me and he said goodbye. And so I was so nice to meet you. And he said to me, God bless you, my child. And when he said that, it hit me like, oh, it led me to the, to the deepest of my guts. And I wished so much to be worthy of a blessing like that. And I knew I wasn't worthy. But I said, oh, I wished I could really be blessed. But I knew I couldn't be blessed. So I went back, uh, you know, drinking, do my thing. And then... I got. To, I found AA, and I told you that I found AA in Paris. And uh, and the story for me is this. Uh, the I, I read this story in the Bible, and it's the Bible of the prodigal son. In German, it's called the lost son, but I prefer the prodigal son. And I call myself the prodigal daughter. So there's this father, and he's got two daughters, and um, and father, the father is God, of course. And so the father says, uh, no, the son. One daughter says to her dad, "Dad, I want all my inheritance. I want to go out in the world. I want adventure. This is this is all crap. This old world of yours. Let me just go and have my my adventure." And um, my dad is very generous, and he gives me my part of an of the inheritance. And um, the other daughter wants to stay with dad. Fine, she's she's the Alanon. I say she's the Alan. She's boring, <laughs> so she stays with dad. I go out and I squander my inheritance. I do drugs and coke and drink and I whore and I do and it goes quick and I I think I'm living and I think this is it. I've arrived and I find myself eating with pigs um, at the pig stall. And I, you know, as an alcoholic, I don't mind eating with pigs. I really don't mind because I don't care how how deep I sink. I don't care with whom I sleep as long as I drink. And I have, you know, vodka and sex is my illusion of a good time. I just, I don't care because I'm this, and I, and I, and I find myself eating with pigs and I wake up and I'm eating with pigs and I think, and I remember my father and I, I remember the great, beautiful rolling hills, the great mansion, the generosity, the, all the people that work for him. And I, and I think maybe I can go back and maybe he will take me in as a day laborer because I'm not worthy to be his daughter, but maybe I can work for him. This will be better than eating with pigs. And this is me as I decide to go to AA because when I decided that I'm going to go to AA now and I'm going to be sober, I said, I'm 20, I said to myself, I'm 20 years old and I'm never gonna have any fun again in my life when I stop drinking my fun is over but it was okay I'm gonna go get sober and I'm never gonna have fun again in my entire life you know it's like this day I'm gonna work for my dad I'm gonna be a day laborer and then I go home I, I, I stand up and I start to walk towards my dad's house and my dad's country and my dad sees me from far away and that's you in IA the people in IA you see me from far away say, oh, she's coming back slaughter the lamb get the coat get the ring, get the sandals, because my lost, my daughter was lost and now she's back. And you, and that's, the, that's how I was welcomed in Alcoholics Anonymous. I was welcomed like an answer to your prayers. This is why I say when we pray, when we have a moment of silence for the alcoholic who still suffers, this is a serious prayer because I picture, you know, everybody has seen The Walking Dead, and I picture all the alcoholics, they're just 
walking like this, and we're walking in this zombie land, and we say this prayer, the moment of silence for the still-suffering alcoholic, and the, these zombies, we, they hear us, and they come, they start to come towards us. I really believe that. So they're all, you know, like the walkers, they all come to the fire or to the sound, whatever, <laughs> the zombies. But this is what it is. So you have to take this prayer. This prayer is super serious. And um, so I come home, and, um, and you are so happy to see me, and you welcome me. The lamb is slaughtered. The table is set. My cup runneth over. And you, and the, I remember at my very first meeting, this little Californian girl, Dane was her name. She looked me in the eyes and her eyes were so sparkly and her skin was sparkly and her blonde hair were sparkly. And she looked at me in the eyes and said, you haven't seen fun yet. You don't know what fun is. And of course, this promise has been, um, uh, yeah, has come true in my life. I mean, my life is, has been so full, so full of joy and so full of life of a lot of, you know, a lot of tough shit that happened. But, you know, um, you know, I, I wrote to GSO once and I, I was like, it was before I had my kids. I, I wrote to them. I said, uh, you know, it's not true. What's written in the 12 and 12 bill was wrong um, because it says that, um, when you're single, you can be a happy 12-stepper. And I said, it's not true. I've been single for 12 years, and I'm not a happy 12-stepper. I've <laughs> done all my homework. I've worked all my steps, and I'm a very eager 12-stepper, but I'm not happy. So it's not true. And they actually they published that in the grapevine. It was really sweet. And then they wrote me, you know, Julia, pain is the touchstone to progress, so keep trudging. And, <laughs> but... But uh, yeah, so just to know, so if you write to Jesu, they'll write you back. But anyway, so I've, um, yeah. So, That's um, great. Okay, so let me ask you this then. You are going to be, there's a lot of people around the globe that are going to be listening to this. Yeah. And I just, you know, do you have any parting thoughts from your experience, strength, and hope to say, in essence, you know, um, this is where I was. Uh, this is where I am today, and I need you to know this. Ah, that's such a, yeah. Um, I, um, you know, I think it's in the chapter, We Agnostics, either God is or, or he isn't. Either God is everything or he's nothing. What was our choice to be? And it's a choice. The third step is not the, choice, the, the third step, I have to work at it constantly every day. It's this healthy discipline versus a toxic self-loathing, which I've, I'm very good at. The negativity, the I'm no good, I'm not good enough, everybody's bad, whatever. This, you know, I've got, I'm black belt, third down in negativity, morbid thinking. I'm really good at it. So my only, my only job, and faith is something that has to work 24 hours a day. So this is the practice, my practice for the rest of my life, is as the big book says, grab the great and find doctors out there if you need them, because they're, the longer you're sober, the better your therapists get, because you always get the therapists and the doctors and the experts you deserve. So go, don't believe that AA is enough, of course, but there's also so much more. So be hungry, get more. And if you're dissatisfied, it's good. If you're desperate, it's good celebrate your despair if you don't drink because it's always a pointer to the more that we long for 
I am 35 years sober and I still long for more. I love more. I'm a more slut. Every day I wake up and say, God, I want more. And God is like, I hear you. I hear you, kid. This is why I gave you AA. Because in AA, there's limitless expansion, like it says in the Keys to the Kingdom. And I'm it. I'm, I'm not, I'm never tiring of more. And when, when, um, you know, when um, the Rolling Stones sing, uh, Mick Jagger sings, I can't get no satisfaction. They had an interview with him. It's not about sex. We all think it's about sex, but it's about cr artistic creation. And in AA, we are artists. We're artists because anybody who becomes a channel for God, which is what we do because we work the 12 steps, the nine steps, step three till nine. This is, I, I call it the golden, the golden toilet uh, 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 brush. You know, you clean your channel. You know, and then the channel is clean, and then you become a channel for God. And then it's limitless expansion. Everything you wanted in the bottle, you're going to get and more. <laughs> I love it, Joy. <laughs> <laughs> I have never, you obviously learned English very well, even some of the finer, crass details. <laughs> I've never heard somebody say, I'm a more slut. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I would I would put that as the title for this episode, but I don't think I want to go quite out on, on. <laughs> oh, All right. Well, so listen, you are a treat. I yes, mean, a you. treat. I'm so glad that Britt referred you over to me and we were able to make this happen. To close it up, I always read uh, the page 164 of the big book. Uh, it says, abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us like me. And Miss Julia, as you trudge the road of happy destiny, may God bless you, you and keep you, keep you until, until then. then. God bless you, Julia. Uh, thank God you bless so you much. Too. This has been great. We'll uh, have a little discussion here afterwards, and uh, we'll talk about getting you back on at some other time to uh, uh, finish out some other uh, conversation, okay? Okay. Thank God you bless. so much, uh, John. Wasn't Julia absolutely fantastic? I, I so much enjoyed spending time with her. I've already got some time scheduled with her for some recording here in the, the near future. Uh, it'll take a little while to get the episode out, but um, I, I really, really enjoyed my time with her. And Julia, if you're out there in Germany and you're listening, God bless you. Thank you so much for your vulnerability. That was absolutely fantastic. By the way, I don't know if you know her, but we've actually had Mimi F. on the Sober Speak uh, podcast as well in the past. Uh, we'll have to introduce you to. But nonetheless, remember now, we don't want you spreading your disease but we do want you sharing this episode with a friend or family member if you think it would be helpful. Remember, it may be just what they need today. So go ahead and pause your device, hit that little share button, and send it on over to a friend or family member. Now, on to a little bit of, well, not a little bit of, a lot of listener feedback. First of all, I want to share this. 
this <laughs> this comes from a gentleman. Well, well, this comes from. I'm just going to give his Twitter handle out. It is at alcoholic dad the number four, and he posts this on Twitter. And alcoholic dad four says, Gary K exclamation point. I was lucky enough to hear Gary the night he shared. And he's talking about Gary K's live event. If you hadn't heard that one, go back and look up Gary K live. And it said how he nailed six and seven step six and seven showed me a new concept on defects. And then he put in parentheses, I'm never putting my laptop on the kitchen table though just saying progress <laughs> not perfection thank you for this event sober speak <laughs> and if you don't know what he's talking about <laughs> with that i'm just going to leave it be and say go back and listen to gary k i think it was the second episode where we're going through the q and a with him but uh, it's uh, it's the most recent Gary K episode <laughs> where Gary K is talking about secrets, <laughs> and at alcoholic dad says, "I'm not putting my laptop on the kitchen table." <laughs> If you've heard that, you'll know exactly what he's talking about. Nonetheless, Robbie writes in and he says, Hey, John, I've been enjoying the podcast in recent months as a supplement to dealing with not attending face-to-face meetings. I was wondering if you could hook me up to join the secret Facebook group. And well, you know, Robbie, we got you out that invite. He says, I want to, uh, I want to find out how to go to other Zoom meetings around the world and the country for one, for one thing. Are there some meetings listed in the show notes or on the website? I appreciate the show and the help. Robbie C. Somerville, South Carolina. Well, Robbie C. in Somerville, South Carolina, that is a good idea. We should probably have that on the website, uh, the SoberSpeak website, but we don't. But here's what I can tell you. When you were in that SoberSpeak Facebook group, and I'm sure I emailed this to you, but this is for the rest of the people listening. Go ahead and either type in Zoom meetings uh, because there's a there in the in the search feature, I guess I should say for the in the in the group, there is there are so many Zoom meetings that get posted in that group, and there's also uh, guides that people have put up for various websites all across the world and various meetings that are going on all across the world. In fact, Jenny L actually made a a. a a Word document, and she placed it in the group. So it should be in there. If you can't find it, you or anybody else, just just type a comment in the in the Facebook group, and it says, "Hey, does anybody know where I can find Zoom meetings around the country?" And you will get hammered with responses. Joe writes in and Joe says, John, I recently found your podcast. I enjoyed it very much. One of my first was with Gary Kay, who we were just talking about. He says, just wondering if he speaks at local AA Zoom speaker meetings. The group I attend is the Abbeville area group in Abbeville, Louisiana. 
We would love to have him on one Saturday night. Would it be possible to get his contact info and request such a visit? Joe, as you know, I went ahead and sent you his contact information, and I'll let you guys work out the details on Gary Kay actually speaking at your Zoom meeting. But then Joe followed up with another email, and he said, hey, can I get that? So let me just say it again here. If you are out there in all four corners of the world, and you are looking for an English-speaking Zoom meeting speaker in Alcoholics, not well, in AA and Al-Anon, actually. I have a list. I've put together a list of 15 or so people that I know are more than willing to be a guest speaker for a Zoom meeting if, if it fits into their schedule. And these are people who have all been on the podcast before. And if you want that list, just email me at john, J-O-H-N, at soberspeak.com. I will get you that list. I'm also available myself. Joe was asking me if I wanted to come in as well. So, But nonetheless, we can get you uh, speakers. And like I said, these people have all been on the podcast before. You can go back and listen to them before you invite them in if you want to kind of give them a little audition or whatever the case may be. But glad to get y'all hooked up there, Joe. Deborah writes in and Deborah says, Hi, John, I adore your podcast. Well, thank you, Miss Deborah. And I find the interviews you do to be very helpful and motivating. You are so good at asking the right questions and keeping the conversation moving. I am so thankful you have found your work. Oh, you're sweet, Deborah. Thank you. She says, Years ago, about 10 years, I was involved. <coughs> excuse me, excuse moi. For the little uh, choky that I had right there. Anyway, she says, years ago, it was about 10 years, I was involved in a great Al-Anon group in Orlando. It was a tight-knit group of about seven regulars, but as work and life got busier, I attended the meetings less and less and eventually stopped going altogether and lost touch with the members over the years. I am now retired. I was a teacher and instructional coach, and I have started rereading 12-step literature and listening to different recovery podcasts. My personal drugs of choice are food and shopping, and having little too much free time in retirement during a pandemic, no less. I am turning to food and shopping way more than I want to be. I am finding your podcast to be extremely helpful, though. I am also doing lots of journaling and reading, which is also helping. I may even seek out another Al-Anon group. Thank you for the email, and please keep doing what you're doing. God bless you and your family, Deborah. Well, God bless you, Ms. Deborah, and thank you so much for writing in. Mallory DMs on the Instagram. She direct message on the Instagram. She says, thank you for your podcast, John. I only recently found it and it's been really helpful this last month. I've been sober for one year and five months and I feel like I found your podcast at just the right time. I've had to walk through some of my biggest fears in sobriety lately and having this meeting between meetings is truly helping me stay sane. And she puts a big smiley face. Thanks again. Well, God bless you, Mallory. Keep up the good work and keep me posted. Deb 
writes in, and this is not to be confused with Deborah from moments ago. This is Deb. And Deb writes in, as she says, and the subject line is Maria R., episode 75. She says, hello, John. I just found your podcast, and I'm truly enjoying it. Thank you so much. I wanted to write in and say how much I related to Maria R. I have been going to meetings via Zoom since July and went to my first in-person meeting Two months ago, so much of what Maria said resonated with me. I was the good soccer mom and didn't didn't really drink until a few years after hitting 40. These past three years, my disease progressed and it is now apparent I do have a problem with alcohol. If it is possible, could you pass my email to Maria? I am in my first 30 days once again, connecting with another mom, wife, Christian, alcoholic like Maria would be a blessing. Thank you for your ministry. You are providing uh, with gratitude, Deb P. Well, as you know, Deb, I got you two in touch, and I'm so glad that Maria on episode number 75 hit you like that. And you know, I appreciate the nice things you guys say about me, but I can, but really, what really makes me float high is when somebody says, somebody, they, they listen to somebody like Maria that we put out there and, and, and they related to it. And it helped them. I mean, it is just absolutely fantastic. I love hearing things about the other speakers that we put out here. And I'm so happy that you wrote in, Deb. Kim writes in and she says, Hi, John, I love your podcast. You do a wonderful job hosting it and finding such great speakers. You know, and I've thought about this before, Kim, and that is all I'm doing. You know, the world that is listening to my podcast is just hearing a very, very small, small sliver of the people that we have available in all these recovery programs, whether it's AA, Al-Anon, or any of the others that we have across the land. I don't think uh, others realize how much knowledge and wisdom and well-thought-out good people that we have in the programs of Alcoholics Anonymous, Al-Anon, and others. It's just, I mean, it really is incredible uh, when you think about it. But nonetheless, thank you, Kim. She says, I just loved Gary Kay. We have our own small business. We sell antique lighting on Etsy and eBay. Then also do a few shows in Texas. Come on down, y'all. She says, my husband works in the back of a warehouse and I work in the front uh, listening to the podcast and shipping. Well, I must have turned off the podcast 12 different times to go back and share with him the great things I heard. (laughs) He's probably like, keep working. Anyway, she says, he has been in recovery 20 years, N.A., She says, I have also been in Al-Anon for 10 years. We have spent the last year fully embracing our programs instead of our sickness, and it has been so much better than I or he ever could have imagined. I always felt sad when I heard about, quote, family recovery, unquote, because I never dreamed it could happen for us. We both have peace. Seems strange at first. Then you wonder how you could have ever lived any other way. We live on Route 66 in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, Get your kicks on Route 66. Anyway, she says, I found your podcast. 
searching on Stitcher for Recovery Podcast. God made sure yours was at the top of the search for me. Well, thank you, Stitcher, and thank you, God. (laughs) She says, I listen to... Uh, hours of podcasts every day, some for fun, others to keep my so- emotional sobriety in check. Alcoholics and I are the same, same family stories, same inner feelings and demons. I just don't drink. Therefore, I appreciate listening to the great speakers you get and will keep listening. My first one that I listened to was the Al-Anon one with Angie B. Oh, she's great. She said, I was so excited. I shared the info on your podcast with my home group that day. Well, Miss Kim out there on Route 66 in Springfield, Missouri, give your husband my best and let him work back there. Quit interrupting it. I'm just kidding. But anyway, thanks for writing in, Kim. Bill C. writes in, and not the Bill C. that's been on this podcast in the past many times. It's another Bill C. Can you imagine that? There's another Bill C. He says, hello, John. I'd like to start by saying... In big capital letters, thank you for your service, exclamation point. Your podcast is added to my spiritual toolkit. My home group here is Serenity by the Sea Group in Bayshore, New York. So if somebody is listening out there and you are from the Serenity by the Sea Group in Bayshore, New York, Go ahead and tell Bill C. We said hello, uh, and we appreciate him writing in. But anyway, he says, my sober date is 6-6-96, so June 6th of 1996. He says, I have a commitment and a sponsor. Gratefully, our group has opened back up to in-person meetings, but I'm still hooked on, in big capital letters, sober speak. (coughs) Excuse me again. Uh... I've recently gone back to episode one, Mumbai Mike. Awesome stuff. Now I'm working my way up the list. Well, that's great, Bill. I mean, oh my goodness, you got quite a few episodes to listen to. And you can also kind of see the, when you go back and start at the beginning, the progression. Uh, in other words, I was pretty inept at the at the beginning of this. And I'm fairly inept still, but at least I got... Um, uh, a little bit more streamlined with putting these things out. You, with these things to, to put to put out an episode when I first started. Oh my goodness, you wouldn't believe how long it took. It's just a, a matter of trial and error. But nonetheless, he says I have a question for you. Maybe somewhere around episode number one fifty, you had a speaker that created a website that was like a big book study, including a good four-step work page. Would you be able to point me in the direction of that speaker? Well, you know what? I wrote back Bill C, and that was Mr. Rick W. I'm pretty sure is who you're speaking about there. You can go back and find his episode, uh, and he did a fantastic job. He said, and then he says, which episode are you the speaker on, John M.? I need to hear that one. I'd say Bill C. from the West Coast is always on point and keeps 100% of my attention when he's sharing. Thanks again, Bill C. Well, you know what? This is not the first time I've had that question. People want to hear me on this podcast. And, and you know, I, I don't know what it is, but I just feel funny having my story record and saying, I mean, you know, you guys hear enough of me during all this 
uh, stuff that I do, and I've never recorded myself for my podcast. Uh, I may do that one day, but I just haven't yet. I'm actually on a lot of other podcasts. Um, people have recorded me, uh, and uh, so I'm out there, but I've just not, I, I've not done I've not had an episode. I could have, you know, uh, the lovely Mrs. M come in here and ask me some questions one day, maybe record something or one of my good friends. But uh, anyway, so far, just haven't done it. But thanks for asking, Bill C. Eric writes in and Eric says, hi, John. My name is Eric. I live in Denver, Colorado. My sobriety date is, mm, excuse me, April 10th of 2018. I found SoberSpeak through a search on the Apple Podcast app. I listen to recovery content almost daily while I'm walking my dog. I have listened to the Joe and Charlie Big Book Comes Alive sessions many times and have dabbled in dozens of other podcasts. SoberSpeak is my far by favorite. Well, that's very nice you, Mr. Eric, because I know there's a lot of good ones out there. He says, I think of Bill C., Gary K., and David G. in particular, almost as friends and mentors. <laughs> I get it. I do get that, Eric. He says, I've listened... Uh, I have listened to many other episodes several times over and over and refer them to friends and sponsees all the time. I am deeply grateful for you bringing SoberSpeak to the world. It's an essential part of my recovery, especially during the pandemic. Thank you, Eric A. Well, thank you, Eric A. Thank you for listening. That was very very kind of you, and you're right. I'm the same way. I, I think of all these people uh, as mentors and friends of mine as well, and uh, I'm glad that they have had an impact on your life. Nicole writes in, and she says, hello, John. She doesn't actually say that. I say it like that. I put the accent on there. I doubt she's English, but who knows? says, hello, John. I live in Macomb, Michigan. My sobriety date is August 9th, 2015. 2015. The program of AA saved my life. I'm currently working as a case manager and peer recovery support specialist of a nonprofit human service agency. That was a mouthful, but it sounds like you're doing good work out there, Nicole. She says, I discovered the podcast on Spotify after a Google search for best sobriety podcast. I have enjoyed the last few episodes I have listened to. Please send me, John, if you will, an invitation to the private FB group at this email address. Thank you for all you do, Nicole C. When Nicole C. up there in Macomb, Michigan, shout out to you and uh, thanks for keep coming back, Mr. Cole. Matt writes in and he, Matt says, My name is Matt. I have been sober for four years as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. I love your show and have listened to all of your episodes multiple times. My goodness, Matt. He says, I've been through the steps, but never with a sponsor due to the fact that very few people in my area have the kind of a recovery that I feel is grounded in the big book. I listened to Gary Kay's episodes often and wondered if you could share my email or contact info with him so that maybe I could get in touch with him. I live in Michigan. Hey, I wonder if you know uh, Kim, but anyway, are you in Macomb, Michigan? I know Michigan's a big state. <laughs> it's like saying I live in Texas. Oh, do you know John? Nonetheless, um, 
It says, I live in Michigan, so face-to-face meetings are impossible uh, during this COVID time, but but a conversation would be a great start, starting point. Let me know, and please let me know how much... Uh, you, oh, and please know how much you are doing has influenced my recovery. Thanks, Matt. Oh, thanks. You know, and as you know, Matt, I got you in touch with Mr. Gary Kay, and I'll let you two guys kind of take it from there. And, uh, you know, our, our people that record these episodes love to hear from the listeners. So that's absolutely fantastic. Just don't sound crazy when you write me an email, because okay, I may weed you out. You know, just be smart enough to sound absolutely crazy. Write, write an email like Matt. Trent writes in, and Trent says, Hola, John. Well, Mr. Trent, you are familiar with the bilinguality of this world as well. Sounds like you are bilingual. Anyway, he says, I live in the hinterlands of our massive country in a city called Sioux Falls in the southeast corner of South Dakota. Well, you know what? I know of Sioux Falls, but, you know, and I've said this before on the podcast, within the contingent, what do you call it, contiguous 48, the lower 48, that is one of the two states that I have never been to, Mr. Trent. Uh and I'm hoping to get there at some point. But anyway, he says, I've been sober for two months now, and my dry date is December 1st of 2020. I first stepped into the company of AA on, I believe, December 26th of 2020, whatever the date was when Saturn and Jupiter aligned in the night sky. (laughs) He says, I didn't really have a burning desire to go to a meeting, let alone join a fellowship and a program that would throw my life in a completely different direction. But When I climbed down the steps of the church basement that would become my home group, I knew I was in the right place as people began to share their stories. For the first time in my life, I felt like I was where I needed to be. I fit in. While listening to fellow alcoholics discuss their relationship with alcohol, I felt like I was thinking out loud. I have since got a sponsor and began to work the steps and studying the big book. It has changed my outlook on life. I found Sober Speak while coming the internet looking for additional resources on sobriety. I'm going to be completely honest with you. The first time I listened, I thought you sounded completely. <laughs> I thought you sounded completely hokey. Well, you know, Mr. Trent, I, I feel the same way. <laughs> And you, you should imagine, or, 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 or you can only imagine how my, how the lovely Mrs. M and my children feel about hearing this type of nonsense on, on a day-to-day basis, but I completely get it. He said, but I gave the podcast a chance and I have come to implement it into my daily life. And although I still think you're a bit hokey... <laughs> I have come to love, in big capital letters, hearing your voice and listening to your words of truth, wisdom, and vulnerability. Your guests are fantastic, and you do an incredible job at asking questions and getting the most out of them. I'd say Bill C. and Gary K. are the two that I have resonated with the most. I love how they live 
out the spirituality of the program. Thank you so much for your service and providing me and many other recovering alcoholics this gem of a podcast. And oh, by the way, please add me to the Super Secret Facebook group. My email is such and such. Keep on keeping on. Much love, Trent You Well, thank you, Trent You for writing that in. And I love it when people are truthful like that. And I know, you know, in fact, I said, earlier in the week when I had the first seen this email, I said, hey, to the lovely Mrs. M, I said, you know what? Somebody said that they thought I was a little bit hokey on the podcast. <laughs> she said, well, damn right you are. <laughs> but anyway, I love that word, hokey. Thank you so much, Trent. God bless you. All right, how many more? This is the last but not least here, folks. This has been a big O. A big old uh, listener feedback. You guys are great, and you, and I've said this before. If I didn't do this sober, if I didn't do this listener feedback, it would save a lot of time, a lot on getting this uh, podcast out every week. But I mean, this is what makes it worth it, right? I mean, this you know, just hearing from you guys, being part of the us all, being part of a community, and and communicating with each other, and loving on each other, and helping each other in recovery. I mean, this is what it's all about. So thank you so much for all the feedback that you write in with. Peter, Peter writes it. I, I, well, in fact, when I went Peter, Peter, and then I went to Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater. And I'm so sorry, Peter, I, I shouldn't be doing that. I'm sure you've heard that many times in your life. But nonetheless, Peter writes in. He says, good morning, John. I'm assuming he was writing this in the morning. What do you think? He says, I grew up in the south of Boston living in Braintree, Mass. Massachusetts, for those of you who don't know what Mass is. Braintree. I, I love, I wonder where they came up with that name for a city. Who knows? But anyway, for the last three years, I've been here for the last three years with my wife. I grew up in an alcohol and drug-filled house where that was what I thought was normal. I couldn't wait to join them. I got through most of my life surrounded by enablers and people that drank like I did. Both my construction job and the rock band that I had joined included a lot of drinking and drug use. The first consequence of my drinking was getting divorced after being married 22 years, which led me to heavier drinking. A couple of years later, blacked out, I knocked a telephone pole over and got arrested for the first time. First time going to AA, I compared myself to other people's stories and felt I wasn't that bad. I tried to drink with restrictions and rules, but always drank too much. I was lucky enough to meet another good woman that I married, and not too long into the relationship, I was kicked out of the house for blacking out on a daily basis. I had to make a choice to live a life of a lonely alcoholic with no one dying from a ruined liver or stop drinking. I called a sober friend of mine and asked him to help me. I got back into the program and stopped comparing myself to other people and started identifying to things I could relate to. I love the idea that you don't have to take the elevator to the bottom floor. You can get off any time you like. Now, 
I'm back in the program. I have a sponsor. I'm working on my step four right now. And I get on my knees and I pray to God every morning to take away the urge to drink. And so far, it is working. My sober date is September 12, 2020, and I feel great. I'm 51, and I have had enough alcohol for a lifetime. I want to grow old and enjoy my family and life. Life is good as long as I don't pollute it with drugs and alcohol. Well, Pete, or actually, well, I don't know why I said Peter. You're saying Pete. I may have got that off an email or something like that. But anyway, Pete, man, do I understand that. He says, I listen to podcasts at work all day, and I was looking for a sobriety podcast and stumbled upon yours. I love it. As you always say, a meeting between meetings. Thank you so much for your service. You were much appreciated. A gift from God, your alcoholic brother, Pete D. Well, you are a gift from God as well, Mr. Pete D. And thank you. My alcoholic brother, I sure do appreciate you. All right, everybody, that is a wrap on this here week's episode of Sober Speak. God bless you. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. As I say every week, I plan to be on back next week, but who knows? We take this a week at a time. God bless you. Love you guys.